0: Last Wednesday night, it was late, and I was getting ready for bed. I had gotten my my kids down. My wife is is out of town with my youngest daughter because my son uh, and his wife just had our second grandson, so we we're excited about that. So she was able to go and spend some time there in uh, in St. Louis with them. And so I was uh, coming to the end of the day. I had um, the girls had had gone to bed, um, and then as I walked by. Uh, the bedroom, I heard what I thought was some crying. I thought, Oh my gosh, and I'm like what's going on? So uh so I went back in and started to listen to my daughter who was upset about something and she was telling me about an injustice of something that happened between her and her sisters. And and of course <laughs> it was late at night. So she was uh, her emotions were high. She was tired. Um and so I said, I said, sweetheart, why don't you just lay down, let me just rub your back. And so as she continued to talk to me a little bit, I rubbed her back and listened to what she had to say and i said okay okay well we'll 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 talk about it again in the morning but yeah like you're right that was an an injustice it wasn't right for the thing that had happened to her and but i could tell she was still upset so i was so i just continued to rub her back and did i mention that i was exhausted (laughs) like i just wanted to go to bed and but as I was rubbing her back, and uh just I just stayed in there and I went on for, for another couple minutes just quietly, the lights out, and I was just rubbing her back. Um and it and at that moment, uh, I that moment became more important because of something called reparation. So I thought, you know what, I want to share with you the spiritual nugget that is like fantastic for uh your fatherhood when you understand the concept of reparation. So a little bit of theology here, a little background uh, to, to bring you up to speed to this, but this, this totally applies in very practical ways in, uh, in your, your parenting and just like in, in life in general. So a little catechesis here. The word catechesis means to echo, and it means to echo the truth of the faith. So this truth of the faith on reparation, uh, what is it starts with? You have to back up and say, okay, where does this begin? It begins with the question, what is the cause of all unhappiness in the world? So if you think about that for a moment, you know, like is it an is it illness? Is it poverty? Is it uh, like politics? Is it natural disasters, war? All those things are terrible and they're problematic, but those are symptoms. Uh, those are not the root cause. The root cause of all unhappiness is sin, either the original sin or personal sin. And if you know that, you know what the problem is, and then we can start working on what the heck the solution is and the catechism in paragraph 397 and i looked it up so i can <laughs> repeat it to you but it defines the original sin which is really helpful and it says that man tempted by the devil allowed his trust for his creator to die in his heart now that's where the problem begins right there the lack of trust uh allowed his trust for his creator to to die in his heart and then abusing his freedom he disobeyed god and then it goes on to say that all sin after that has to do with disobeying God and distrusting God's goodness. So it's always preceded, every sin is preceded by distrusting God and then then you get disobedience, which is the actual sin itself. Okay, so sin is the problem. So a couple of different definitions of sin, so we got an idea of what we're dealing with. One definition is that sin is missing the mark. Like you're shooting for something that appears good, but you're, you're missing it. You're not getting the greatest good that you should be going for. Uh, another one that we just heard is sin is an abuse of freedom. God gave us free will in order to choose the good. So when we when we choose bad, we're abusing our freedom. We're not using our freedom to choose the greatest good. Uh, one more definition is that sin is a failure to love. This is my favorite definition of sin because it really gets at the essence. Like we're made by love and for love. We're made God who is by God who is love for love. And so uh, when we fail to love, that sin. It's a sin is a failure to love. It's not seeking the greatest good. And lastly, this, this definition of sin is really insightful and it'll make sense here in a moment. Uh, sin is guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. So what's that mean? Is it like you take the marital embrace? It's beautiful. It's pleasurable. It's a gift from God. But if I take it before I'm married, it's fornication. It's a pleasure I'm taking in an illicit, Ill- Ill- illegal way, not the way that God had intended. Um, or if I'm married and I have marital relations with somebody who's not my wife, then that's adultery. Again, I'm taking a pleasure in a guilty way, in a way going against what God had in mind. So keep that in your mind for a second, that sin is guilty pleasure. Then we're going to take a look at what those consequences of sin are. And the Catechism says all this stuff. It's really helpful. Uh, that sin darkens our intellect and it weakens our will. So sin <laughs> sin makes us stupid and lazy. I wish I had known that. So every time I'm choosing to sin, I'm actually choosing to be dumber, and I'm choosing to have a weaker will. Uh, beyond that, the catechism talks about four disorders that are created by, uh, by sin. Uh, first of all, a disorder in our relationship with God, which is why it's like we don't get to walk face-to-face with God anymore because that relationship was damaged with, with God. Our relationship with creation was damaged because of original sin, um, and that's why we have tsunamis and hurricanes and all this you know, cruddy stuff that's going on. It wasn't like that back in the garden. It's not what God had originally intended. We're in plan B, not plan A. Uh, Third disorder it created. It's a disorder that it created between us, between people. So that's why I have difficulty with my children, with my spouse, uh, with other people. Why we fight all came down to the original sin. That wasn't there originally. Uh, And lastly, this one's really insightful, is that it created this disorder in my relationship with myself. And that's why like, I get confused about my motives. And I'm thinking, well, this was the reason I did that. Then later I realize, you know what? I had a different motive. And so uh, then I was, was even part of my conscious awareness. And so like, I'm, I'm confused by myself. That's a result of original sin. It's this disorder that's created within. Lastly, uh, this concept, and the church teaches this. It's, it's really amazing. Every sin impacts the whole, of the whole body of Christ. It impacts everyone. So that concept is really key because it comes into play when you think, well, wait wait a second. How is it, you know, I remember thinking, like, how is it with the original sin that Adam and Eve's sin impacted all of humanity, right? Well, the reason it impacted all of humanity is because we're made in the likeness and image of God and God is a community of persons. And so we're made as a community of persons. And so because of that, every sin of one person impacts others, Impacts and, and the and the church says that by the there's a supernatural solidarity that that reigns among men. The consequence of this is that the sin of one man impacts others, just like you know good works done and you know grace helps other people. So that's the good news. But the bad news is is that every sin impacts the entire body of Christ. And I can think about that or all of humanity. Um, you think about that, like if you stub your toe and it's like your whole body hurts because of the impact. You know, goes across the board. Okay, so that, again, that's the that's the bad news is that that sin causes all this damage, uh, makes us stupid and lazy, and it impacts everyone. There's no sin that doesn't impact everyone in some way. Uh, then, so what's the answer? The answer is so sin is the problem. Sin is the cause of all unhappiness, and the solution, the medicine to that sickness, is grace. It's God's. It's amazing. <laughs> it's God's gift of his power, of his love, of his healing that it elevates us. And so that like that's the answer, that's the medicine. But and and all of those different consequences I laid out for for sin, they get undone by grace. They get fixed by grace so that through grace it begins to restore my relationship with God. It elevates my intellect and it strengthens my will it rebuilds my relationship with my wife the sacrament of of marriage and with others so that charity can reign and i can i can love other people again through god's grace it helps to uh, build our relationship again with creation i mean you look at you look at the bible and how many times was there like a uh, uh, was there a problem that happened that was like a natural disaster that could be prayed away? Like if people prayed, there would be blessings. And if they didn't, if they didn't turn towards God, then the natural disasters would continue. Uh, and then lastly, is it that the 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 power of grace is that it restores my relationship with myself so that like I can become clearer and understanding myself. And the Bible says that, you know, C- or John Paul II says, Christ reveals man to himself. And so it's like through that grace, through that power that came uh, to us, we actually begin to understand ourselves better, and puts us in a better situation. Lastly, amazing thing about grace, uh, and John Paul II said it this way: Every and this is a, and he was repeating the, the fathers of the church. So this has been around forever. Every soul that rises above itself raises the world. It's back to that same concept. Every sin impacts every everyone, but grace and good works uh, and the sacraments help everyone. And that answers the question I had as a young boy. It's like, well, you know, what use is the monk who's in Siberia praying for us? Like, what difference? He should get out and help people. He should feed people. It's like, oh, no, no. From a spiritual standpoint, just like Christ, who lived 2,000 years ago in in the flesh, well, he's still in the flesh in the Eucharist, but his redemption went out for all of humanity before him and after him. Well, in the same way, a monk praying in Siberia, when he's praying, it's helping all of humanity and it doesn't just stop with the monks in Siberia and Christ it has to do with you and me and what god is calling us to do in our life now that that good works done in a state of grace united to jesus on the cross help everyone i mean this is this is awesome Awesome news. OK so what's the source of grace? The source of grace, of course, is God, but specifically the redemption, the cross. it was through the cross that, that grace was poured into the world into, into the world in, into our lives. And so again, uh, the, the cross, like w- when, uh, when God sent his son, it's like God so, so loved the world that he sent his only son to do what? to suffer and die for us, to open the door, the gates of heaven, to repair the damage caused by sin. And that's what I'm getting back to. That's what reparation is. It's repairing the damage caused by sin, going from the sickness to the health. And that's that's reparation. So if we look again at that, what I gave you is that definition of sin as being guilty pleasure. This gets really fascinating. This definition Uh, of sin. It gets enlightened when you start thinking about reparation. If sin is guilty pleasure and Jesus came to repair the damage caused by sin, he came to do the opposite of what sin is. So what is the opposite of the word guilty? Innocent. Innocent. What's the opposite of pleasure? Suffering. The innocent lamb of God suffered to repair the damage caused by sin the importance of this is that Jesus didn't just say, hey, I I repair the damage caused by sin. I was the innocent lamb. He says, if you love me, take up your cross and follow me. So the suffering that you go through, like either either God is a jerk or he just asked you to do something that's powerful, that's important, that has value. So the suffering that you endure in your daily life, united to Jesus on the cross becomes redemptive. It helps save souls and some people say well gosh you know god didn't need us to do that no no he didn't but god is a good parent and as a good parent he gives us a role and he doesn't just give us like a role in title only he gives us a role that's some substantive that actually makes a difference in people's lives and he allows the suffering that you endure the difficulties that you endure to actually be united with him and save souls from hell and pull souls from purgatory and Pour, pour grace out on people, which is why like prayer works because there's this whole it's called an economy of grace where this grace starts flowing back and forth, and you're part of it, and I'm and I'm part of it. So that's what's incredible about innocent suffering, and then all of a sudden that gives significance to everything that I'm doing as a as a son of the father, as a husband, and as a dad. So innocent suffering, it's powerful, and that's what reparation is i'm repairing the damage caused by sin today that i'm taping this happens to be the feast of the exaltation of the cross why do we exalt the cross and there's a reading from corinthians today that the cross is like foolishness you know greeks want wisdom and jews want signs but the cross we preach christ crucified that's foolishness to them but in, in fact it's actually more wise than anything the cross is god's wisdom and it's the greatest sign ever. Why? Because suffering frees us. And it's like, what, what's the words in the Mass? It says, um, uh, we, like we're called to take up our, our, our cross, but by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. That the grace won by, uh, won by Christ on the cross and that we're participating in sets us free and, and sets others free. And if you also look at, you know, as Catholics, Think about this for a second. You go to a priest and say, I'm having a tough time, Father. Will you give me a blessing? And he says, sure. And And he does this crazy thing. You're just used to it. So you don't think twice. He starts to raise his hand and he starts to do what? make the sign of the cross. Yeah. I've ever, have you ever thought, you know, like, be careful where you point that thing. Can you, can you bless me with something other than the cross? I mean, come on, (laughs) the the cross, you're going to bless me with the cross. Yes, because it's the cross that catapults you, that raises you up to be able to receive grace and be, be a channel of grace for other people. The gra the cross, Frees you, and we exalt the cross again. It's the it's the greatest sign that there is. So Christ is calling us to carry our cross, and for us to know that it's powerful, it's redemptive. And every time you get a blessing, you get blessed by the cross because the cross is a blessing. We often think that prosperity is the blessing, and the cross is the curse. Uh, uh-uh, prosperity is a blessing. Sometimes prosperity can be a curse. Um, but uh, for sure, the cross is is a blessing if we turn to God and we say, okay, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do with this thing? So let me, let me fast forward or or back up to, uh, what I was talking about with my daughter. So I'm exhausted. It's the end of the day. I like, I've had a long work week and or actually what a long day. Um, and you know, and and her emotions are high. I'm exhausted. I want to go to bed. Dads, how many times have you been in that same situation? And at that moment, um, what came to mind is that spiritual nugget of what? Of reparation. It's like, Instead of just, so I had a couple of options. One is I could just bark at it and be like, sweetheart, go to bed. You know, like you can deal with this tomorrow. You'll feel better tomorrow, which is all true. And I could be a jerk and harsh about it. Now, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is like gentleness. Another one, Kindness. Would I have been exercising those? Nope. Now, have there been many times in life that I haven't exercised those? Yes, I've been very ungentle. I've been very rough and gruff and like, just go to bed. Why? Because I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to carry the cross. Like, go, go stick that cross somewhere else. Lord. I don't want to carry that tonight. And, and what did Jesus say in the garden? Like, Father, if you can let this cup pass... Well, that's not just for Jesus to do, that's for us to do too. It's like we said, like I did, it's like, oh gosh, you know, like can somebody else deal with this? But uh, in that case, in the garden, what happened? God the Father said, no, I want you to carry this cross. And Jesus said, okay, not my will, thy will be done. And he carried it. So in that moment, and in every moment of our lives, especially because there's a lot of crosses that our God is, that God is blessing us with, but in those moments when the cross is particularly painful. That's when we can remember this spiritual nugget. Now all of a sudden, this theology becomes practical, where we can remember the spiritual nugget of reparation to repair the damage caused by sin. I am joining with Jesus on the cross, saving souls, pulling souls out of purgatory. You know, helping my children, helping future generations. Like at that point, you are becoming, you're partaking in the divine nature. You know, you've got to be in a state of grace. Go to confession. Make sure that you're receiving. Uh, The sacraments, but then with my daughters, I'm rubbing her back. I mean, quite frankly, I was thinking, okay, like I could be rough and gruff and end this thing, Um, or I could just complain and be like, oh gosh, like why do I have to do this? And I can just mine and uh, I could just uh, whine about it, moan about it, Um, or I can use it for like for the very thing that it is, which is an opportunity for me to do innocent suffering, for me to love. And as I continued to rub my back, I was like, Lord, what do you like? What do you want me to offer this for what, what, what do you have in mind? Is it for my children? is it for um, Is it for my new grandchild Lewis? Um, you know what do you have for my wife like what do you have in mind and that 's what I thought about it 's like Lord, let me continue to rub uh, my daughter 's back to love her and even though i 'm suffering through this uh, this act of love, I know that it is redemptive I know that it is powerful and i'm gonna trust you through that and what that does is is the same thing that happens i just remember my wife uh, at the moment when my first uh, son john andrew when uh, she was about to give birth and she was in so much pain um, and we didn't know cause the first child, we didn't know at what point she was. And she's like, you know, like I'm, I'm done with this. I was going to try to do this naturally. She said, she said, nope, like give me drugs. And so I was like, well, honey, you could do this. She's like, give me drugs. Said, okay. So I went to get the nurse. The nurse came in and, and checked her and he said, and she said, oh, sweetheart, like you're, you're, you're in transition. You're, you, there's no time for to do an epidural. You need to have, you're going to have this baby now. And it changed everything in my wife. She calmed down. And, she, and, she, uh, and it wasn't long before John Andrew was born. But what had happened in that moment, I said, like, what happened? Because, like, you went from, like, crazy, <laughs> you rip my throat out, to, uh, to calm. And she said, you know what it was? Is I thought I was going to be in this painful state forever, like, it, that I was going to have the child the next day, like, 12 hours from now. And I could not endure this pain for that long. But when I knew that this pain that I was enduring right now was actually bringing forth the child that, like, that it was productive Pain. She said, "Well, I could deal with that because I knew that this wasn't going to continue, and that the pain was actually working. So, in the same way as I'm rubbing my daughter's back, you, I needed to remember this is productive pain. This is doing something. This is doing something good. It doesn't take, uh, it doesn't take the pain away, but it takes the edge off because the pain then becomes meaningful. The suffering becomes meaningful. So, I encourage you, uh, dads or moms who's ever listened to this, is like reparation is awesome. It's, uh, it's." It's a spiritual nugget that totally helps not only your parenthood, but but in your marriage and in your work. So that's what I want to share with you uh, in this episode. Uh, lastly, I want to do a, just a short explanation or uh, talking about what happens in, uh, with the Strong Catholic Dad Guide, the one I did recently. I'll give you an update on that. We did the one called Dad's Bless uh, and then it's colon Supernatural Power. And the reason that I named that guide uh, supernatural power for dad 's bless is the power to bless is supernatural it 's above our nature, and so like it 's this incredible power that is given to dad's and I did some guides before this that that where I used um, some clips from the Incredibles movie to show incredible powers but in this i 'm this guide i 'm very particular in saying like what is this this particular gift that we have to bless our children. And when it comes to that, uh, in this guide, there's a story and it's about 11 minute uh, audio story about uh, a young uh, man whose dad cursed him. And then it goes from the point where he leaves and and a, a woman, an old woman, blesses him. And after she blesses him, uh, she, he's really moved by that. It's like, well, why didn't my dad bless me? And in the story, it, it goes on to say, well, you know, like God, the father speaks, his voice speaks and says, well, like, um, y- he didn't bless you, but like, I blessed you. And the, the younger man said, well, you know, when did you bless me? He's like, well, I used... Uh, it, it was the woman's voice, but it was it was actually me speaking through her. And it talks about in the story how he went on to become somebody who blessed. And it's really cool. There's a twist within the story. That one story I heard it. Oh gosh, uh, years ago. Um, um, so 20 years ago, uh, early on in my fatherhood, that story was so powerful that it that it motivated me to bless my children every day. Every like like at night when they're going to bed, I bless my children. I have continued for for over two decades blessing my children as a result of that story influencing me so much. So it's a powerful story. I encourage you to listen to it, but I would want to talk about the interaction that happened after, because I said to my, um, at that point, I had uh, my, four, my four daughters, and I said, well, what, what is it like to, uh, like, because you've been blessed. You just, you don't know what life is like without being blessed. You just heard the story about that young man who was never blessed um, by his by his father and you've been blessed every day of your life. You don't know life without a dad blessing you. I said, you know, what's that like? And they're like, well, "I don't know, dad, it's just what we've known." And it's like, "Okay, yeah. Um it's not what I know but, uh, it was known cuz I like my dad didn't bless me growing up." Um and I said, "Well, what would it be like if you like you married somebody and and uh, and he didn't bless the kids?" Um and my one uh, daughter, Olivia, was just like, well, gosh, you know, like I would tell my he needs to do that. I was like, that's right. And then Vivian said, if my husband didn't bless, I would say, get Catholic, husband, get Catholic. <laughs> and we all started to laugh. Get Catholic, husband. But why? Because her understanding of what it means to be Catholic, what it means to be a Catholic dad, a strong Catholic dad, means that you bless your children every day. That's what it means to be a loving catholic dad is to bless your children every every day and that's what she knows that's what she ex- expects and i'm just delighted to know that that's what they've gotten from that practice of being blessed every day so check out that guide it's really fun and i end uh, as as I'm, I'm want to do to just encourage you to be strong in faith be strong in hope and be strong in love